Wednesday and welcome to Holding Fast. Thanks for being part of the podcast today. How is your anchor holding? Is it gripped firmly to the word of the Lord Jesus Christ? Good to have you today. We're returning again to our look at a New Testament view of what the word Christian means. And uh, I began by in the last podcast by asking you the question, are you a Christian or are you a disciple? That's a valid question, uh, as I mentioned before, because there are thousands of people who really don't know what I'm asking in that particular question. There are many people that were baptized as as babies. Uh, there were many who were raised sporadically in the church, and maybe they grew up going to youth group, but they only know the facts about God. They only know the things that they were taught about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus himself. And that's really the substance uh, and the, the purpose of these podcasts that I've been giving is to help uh, clarify some things that the scripture teaches regarding being a genuine disciple of Christ. Uh, as was mentioned before, there are only three times in the New Testament where the word Christian is used. And that is a little bit startling to people who aren't aware of that because you would think that a that, that a collection of books in a in the Bible would be uh, would be full of references to the word Christian. But in reality, what you find is, is these three primary uses, not that there aren't other definitions of what a Christian is in the New Testament, what a true disciple is, I might add. But uh, the, these three times that the word Christian occurs are helpful and instructive to us today. So I noted last time that Christ's people were called Christian, uh, and that it was a word that probably... Uh, was a despised word at the time. It was it was a name that defines those who were followers of Christ, the people of Christ. Uh, it was a name that was given to them by the world, the unsaved world around them. And from all indications, it seemed to be a name given to believers in a mocking way. Uh, but the name stuck and became a badge of honor for those that were God's people, that were Christ's people. And it's a name by which the Lord's people are known today, although sometimes, again, you have to differentiate between are you a true Christian, which means are you a disciple? Are you following on? Are you moving forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is it something that you just give a a tip of your hat to when you were younger or you are trusting some uh, ceremony or ritual that you went through when you were young that somehow, therefore, you are right where you need to be with God uh, when in reality you are not. And so it's important for us to understand the definition of a follower of Christ. And so we're giving that in terms of these three uses of the term Christian, a name that identifies the believer, the genuine believer with Christ and Christ with the believer. A Christian is a word that identifies a people who can literally testify of a change that's come into their life. Uh, they've accepted the call from God and they've humbled themselves before him. And as a consequence, they are assured a cross that we are to bear. And then Christians are a people who stand out from the crowd, who speak out for the Lord, who sing out uh, even in their afflictions and in their troubles. Uh, these are some identifiers of a Christian. 
Well, the last time I looked at it, we saw that they were first called Christians in Antioch, that they'd made a commitment to follow Christ. They passionately desired to go forward in knowing him. But the second occasion of the word Christian occurs in Acts as well, in chapter 26, verse 28. And the Bible says there, in the context of uh, King Agrippa being given the gospel, uh, you will remember that that's what was going on at the time. So that the term Christian defines not only somebody who is a follower of Christ, but it also identifies the conduct or the action or the purpose that they have. In Acts 26, 28, uh, Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That's got to be one of the saddest verses in the entire New Testament. Uh, in the previous verses, in 22 and 23, the Apostle Paul, in speaking to King Agrippa and giving him the Christian testimony, the gospel, said, I know you believe the prophets, King Agrippa. I know that you know what I'm talking about. I am aware that you have insight into what's going on. And is there any real choice that needs to be made here? You need to trust Christ and run to him. If these things are true, what the prophets have said, and if Jesus has fulfilled those prophecies, then Agrippa, you need to be a Christian. And Agrippa responds to the Apostle Paul by saying, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. To persuade in this verse means to convince by argument and reason, to draw on um, uh, and incline the will to determination by presenting motives to the mind. King Agrippa had motives for receiving Christ by the Apostle Paul. And it's interesting here in this passage that while obviously the main thrust of that verse is to to uh, talk about historically how Paul uh, gave the gospel to Agrippa. I don't think we need to let it escape our attention that when you're using the word Christian, there there is an assumption there that you're going to be engaged in the effort to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Evangelistic fervency, a passion to see people come to know your Savior. This is one of the identifying marks of a Christian. The context in which it occurred here in Acts is describing the very witnessing opportunity of the Apostle Paul. So not only was the word Christian used to define the people that follow Christ, but it was also used to define what they do. They were evangelistic in their purpose. They were passionate about bringing the gospel to people. And my concern today, my friend, if you're listening to this, is that God's people have lost that passion. They have become so comfortable in their current circumstances that they fail to look around them and see that souls are are making a beeline for hell, a real hell that exists today because they are they are too too secure in their prosperity. Uh, they are too they are without any kind of of uh, 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 pushback from the world because they don't live out this calling of God to persuade men and women and children that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. He's the truth and he's the life. If you're a genuine follower of Christ and passionate uh, about going forward in your walk with him, 
You're going to be actively pursuing and looking for those who need Christ. Um, the Bible gives us the example over and again of the early disciples and, and how they did this. Acts 18.4, the Bible says, And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Acts 19.26, Moreover ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. Second Corinthians 5.11, Paul wrote, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest unto your consciences. We persuade men. Are you a Christian today? Are you a genuine follower of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? You need to be persuading men by your life to be continually reaching out, knowing that time is of the essence, that life is short, eternity is long, and there is a judgment to face. We persuade men using the Word of God, as the Apostle Paul did. We persuade men by lifting up Jesus Christ and magnifying who He is. We persuade men by our persistency. Uh, verse 29 here in our text says that the Apostle Paul appeared before him and repeatedly, repeatedly confronted them with the gospel. But pastor, I don't want to offend somebody. You know what? You think of them spending eternity in hell, and you're going to be more passionate about reaching them with the gospel. Peter wrote, uh, Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 1.12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. If you're fully, uh, fully persuaded that Jesus is the only way, if you're fully persuaded that Jesus is sufficient, we're going to be evangelizing the lost, and that will identify you as a Christian. Those who are only nominally or weakly uh, called Christians, those who attach that name, but yet they have no desire to pursue a relationship with Christ, uh, where they are submitted to his word. You remember Jesus said, come and follow me, learn from me, because real disciples want to follow Christ. Real disciples desire his word and put his word in the preeminent place in their life. And do you realize that the very last command that Jesus ever gave in this world is the Great Commission? Go ye into all the world and make disciples. That's Jesus' last command. We need to make it our first concern. Let's work on giving Christ um, a full full place of importance in our lives and serve him faithfully. Real disciples seek his word. Real disciples, and we're going to learn next time, are also def defined by another use of the word Christian. 
today. Why don't you put this into practice and look for an opportunity? You know, you may think that you're not doing much to win people to Christ or you're not, you know, you talk to one person here and there and you're not real out, out in people's faces or standing on street corners. But I'm going to tell you, evangelism and living out your Christianity is a matter of reaching one at a time. There was an old man that was walking the beach at dawn and he noticed that there was a young man ahead of him picking up starfish and flinging them into the sea. And catching up with the youth, he, he asked what he was doing, and the answer was that the stranded starfish would die if he left them in the morning sun. The man responded, but the beach goes on for miles, and there are millions of starfish. How can your effort make a difference? And the young man looked at the starfish in his hand, and then threw it to safety in the waves, and said, it makes a difference to this one. Let's be passionate about living out our discipleship with Jesus Christ and reach one for Him. God bless. Walk with Christ.